Good morning, and a warm welcome to the service uh, this morning. And those who are uh, visiting uh, are especially welcome. Uh, those who have maybe been away for a wee while and are back for the first time uh, this week or last week again, uh, it's good to see. It's good to see uh, people coming back after uh, a long uh, period where we've been uh, unsettled. Uh, just to welcome and uh, to express my thankfulness, our thankfulness uh, to Donny, uh, Donny from the Faith Mission, who's taking. Uh, the service uh, this morning. Uh, Donnie doesn't really need me to introduce uh, him to you. I think you've known Donnie for longer than you've known me, and uh, Donnie's been a, a blessing and very much used uh, over the course of time, both in tent missions with the Faith Mission and in preaching in the services uh, over past years. Once more, Donnie, uh, it's great to have you with us, and we pray that God will speak through you uh, this morning. Thank you very much for the warm welcome and it's always a great joy and a privilege to be here with you and to be able to share in this time of worship and that's what we're here for we're here to worship God let us pray Lord we do thank you that we can come and sing to you uh, songs of praise because you are worthy of all worship and of all praise and we thank you that you're the one that we come to the living and the true God the one who is alive and alive forevermore. And as we come, we pray that we would come in a right way. You call us to worship in spirit and in truth. And we ask that you would help us to do that, that we would know that sense of your presence, that we would know that all distractions are being kept away and that our focus would be truly on you, because you are worthy. So help us then to be able to draw near to God, and that God would draw near to us. Thank you for everyone worshipping here this morning and those listening online. We pray that individually we would know your touch upon us and as a, a congregation of your people, we would experience God ministering to us and touching us at the point of our very needs. And so we pray for ourselves, we pray for others gathered as we are. And where your word goes forth in sincerity and in truth this day, we pray that it would be blessed, that your name would be glorified. And we ask all these things, seeking forgiveness for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we do thank you that you are a great God. Thank you that you have not left us helpless. But thank you that you have made a way where we can be made right with God through trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can know our sins forgiven, that we can receive the gift, the free gift of everlasting life. Help us, Lord, today, if we don't know that already, to come to know that. It doesn't matter how young or how old we might be. We thank you for your great love for us. And we thank you that you have made a way for us to come so that we can be right with God, and that the eyes of the Lord are on those who are right, and your ear is ever open to their prayer. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to turn to God's word now and read from the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 3, and we'll read from verse 13 to the end of the chapter, Daniel Chapter 3, breaking into the reading at verse 13. I'm sure we're all 
well familiar with the story of Daniel and, and, and this chapter, and where King Nebuchadnezzar made this great image of gold, and uh, those were called from the nations to come, and when the music played, they were to bow down and worship to this great image. But the three Hebrew friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not bow down, and this was reported to the king, and the king he summoned them, and this is where we pick up the, the reading from verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent, and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king? He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counsellors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over, their, over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, 
their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and set aside the king's commandment, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks against that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. And we know that God will bless to us the reading of his own precious word. Let's again unite in prayer. Our gracious God, we do thank you that we can come to you. We thank you that your ear is inclined to us. We thank you that we come to the the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the same God who is the same yesterday and today and forever. We thank you that you have reminded us in this reading of your greatness and of your power that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. We ask that we would come with a renewed sense of confidence in God, that we would come, yes, a needy people, yet coming before a a great and a mighty God. We thank you that we can lift up the needs of others to you too. We pray, O Lord, for your word as it goes forth. We pray for it as it goes forth throughout our own land and throughout other lands today. And we remember your own people who are persecuted and going through troubles and trials because of their love for you. Please watch over them. Make them very aware of, of your, your presence with them. That they would know the presence of the, the Lord like these three men did even in the furnace. As your own people in many places go through great trials, we ask that they would know the nearness of the one who comes alongside to help. We do pray, O Lord, for it's the need in our own land, the need for the the gospel to be heard, the need for those who are walking in darkness that they would see the great light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, that you would open the eyes of the blind, that there might be a day of your great power sweeping through our land once again, where souls would be brought to you, that we might encourage each other in the things of God, that we might be encouraged seeing God at work. Work, we pray, in these days as we look to you. We pray, O Lord, for our own nation at this time, and we are indeed in much need. We have drifted, Lord, aimlessly away from the the truth of your word. and We pray for forgiveness, and we plead for mercy. We pray for those in authority, that you would grant wisdom and honesty and direction, that you would grant them, Lord, in their hearts that they would be turning to you, for vain is the help of man. We pray, O Lord, for those 
who have very recently lost loved ones. That's been so real in this congregation over these days. We pray, Lord, for Angus Alec. We pray for Catherine and her family and Chris Alda and the family as well. And for Alistair and all who were close to Ina. We pray for your continued grace and, and strength and comfort for every day. We thank you, Lord, that in and through all the, the, the sadness and the loss, yet we know that there, there is joy because of what you have done. And you delight even in the death of your own saints. And we thank you for all the promises that we have in Christ. And we pray for others too. There's those in, in desperate need and there are others who have lost loved ones too. And we pray for those situations as well that we don't understand, that we can't fathom. But yet, Lord, we lift those up to you and ask that your gracious hand would be so real that in their need, in their loss and in their pain, that they would experience the, the touch of the Master's hand upon them, that you can draw to yourself, that you can break into each and any situation. There is nothing out with your control. And so we, we lift these situations before you and pray for your grace and mercy. So, Lord, help us as we turn to your precious word. Bless this congregation. Bless David as he ministers here so faithfully and undertake for him and all who work and serve in this congregation. We pray for your blessing that they might see yet great days of God's power working mightily, that, that there would be rejoicing through this one and that one coming to know the Saviour. Build up your own people and encourage them, we pray. The Lord, undertake for us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we turn to consider some thoughts from this passage that we've read, I want to, to base our thoughts on verses 24 and 25, although we'll be looking at the whole chapter. Verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up, rose up in haste, he declared to his counsellors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Well, we, spoke, we read the, the chapter through. We spoke a little bit about the, the background. Of, of this chapter and how this came about, that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar would have been the powerful king, most powerful king on earth at that time, and he summoned all the, we could say, all the top brass from the nations around to come. And he had this great fanfare of music. And whenever the fanfare of music began, everyone had to bow down and worship this great big image he had made. But if anybody didn't bow down, they were to be immediately cast into a burning, fiery furnace. But we see that there were three men who didn't do what Nebuchadnezzar asked to do. 
And you know, if we, if we were ever in, in, in trouble, if we were ever in, in difficult situations, and I'm sure we, we are and we all are, surely the greatest thing, the most important thing and the most precious thing that we could ever know whenever we're going through a time of trial, of difficulty, whatever it might be, is that Jesus is with us. There's nothing more precious than that. There's nothing more important than that. Just to know that, to have that assurance, to have that confidence that Jesus is with us. I want to look at these three men just under uh, three very simple headings. They stood out, they stood firm, they stood secure. First of all, they stood out. And that was very obvious. They stood out for the right reasons, didn't they? And it wasn't, this wasn't the first time that they had stood out. They, they, they took a stand that they, they were different from others round about. They had good qualities. The king, back in chapter 1, he was looking for, for young men with, with certain qualities. We read that in chapter 1, verse 4. Youths without blemish of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace. They were to teach them a literature and lang the language of the Chaldeans. And we know that Daniel and his three friends were among those who were chosen. And when the king, after the, the, at the end of the time, the king had called them in. And when they were brought, the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And they stood before the king. See, they stood out. And here in this passage here, it would have been, there would have been a lot of pressure on them. Wouldn't have been an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to stand out and be different. Especially when, when you're, you're standing before the power of the king. And you know what the consequences are if you're going to bow down. You're going to be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. That's not easy, is it, to take a stand against what everyone else around you seems to be doing. They didn't bow down. You know, people stand out for the wrong reasons sometimes, don't they? Don't be one of them. Stand out for the right reasons. So what makes the difference for those people that stand out for the right reasons, that they're different, well, I, I turn to the words of a hymn, and I want to read them. And I think this hymn sums it up beautifully. What makes a difference is when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word. What a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his goodwill, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or will walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, 
Where he sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. People who are walking with the Lord in the light of his word, these are the people that stand out. And if you had to ask somebody for, just tell me about that person, and sometimes we have to do that. Somebody asks us, what about so-and-so? It's wonderful when you can give a good report, isn't it? Good report. I'm sure we know people that stand out or who stood out. It's something of the, the flavor of the grace of God. A genuine concern for the Lord's cause and for, for people. Oh, these people are not perfect people. There's just something about them that others would see. They don't think much of themselves, these people that stand out. But they're concerned for his glory. And as I was writing that down and thinking about it, this thought came to me that Ina Morrison was one of these people. You know, friends, it's easy to say the right things. It's easy perhaps even to be in the right places. It's easy in a way to make things sound good on paper. But are we walking with the Lord? Are we a people that we stand out for the right reasons? Secondly, they didn't just stand out, but they stood firm. They stood firm. In verse 16 and 17, we, the, when they were brought before the king, and remember King Nebuchadnezzar is the most powerful king on earth, and here they are standing before him, and he's in a rage. And these three men answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. We have no need to answer in this matter that there's no discussion here. We don't, need to, we don't need time to think about this. We don't need to go away and, 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 and discuss it and come back and give you an answer at some stage, no. You see, the answer was said. Their decision was made. They wouldn't bow down. And they knew that the God that they serve was, is, is able to save them and to deliver them. But even if that's not the case, they said, we want you to know something, O King. We want you to know that we will not bow down. Because that would be going against the God that they loved and served, to bow down to anything, any graven image or any likeness of anything, to bow down to anything like that was against the commandment of God. For them, this was unthinkable. How could they? They would stand firm. How could they be so confident? How could they be so sure? Well, it just didn't, just didn't begin here. They weren't just turning to God in a, in a time of crisis. They weren't just turning to God in an hour of need. 
No, as, as we saw before they stood out, they walked with God. See, they proved God back in chapter 1 when it came about that they were brought into the king's palace and they were going to be served the king's food and wine. And, and Daniel resolved in his, in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's food and wine. And they asked that they wouldn't partake of these things, but that they would be, have another diet to eat from. And at the end of the ten days it was seen that their, their appearance was better than all those who ate the king's food. You see, they proved God. Then in chapter 2, what happened? The king had a dream, a vision. And he called his, all his own wise men and the enchanters and all, called them together and said, I don't want, just want you to tell me what the dream means. I want you to tell me what, what was the dream. <laughs> they, they said, no wise man or magician or anybody could ever tell you that. So he gave them opportunity, but they couldn't. So he ordered all the wise men to be killed. And that included Daniel. So the decree went out. And the wise men were about to be killed and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. So here they are in another situation. And we read that Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. What does the verse, next verse say? Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night and Daniel blessed the God of heaven. It's interesting, isn't it, that he went in to the king to get a time when he would meet him to tell him that the the interpretation. And then after he got the time, then he went to prayer. That's confidence in God, isn't it? That's faith. How could he be so confident? Because they walked with God. You see, he wasn't just turning to God in a time of trouble. And to know these things, we need to be careful. Yes, in our walk with God, in the little things in life. Because, you know, if we fail in the little things, if we're not obedient in what we might call the little things, then when the big things come, we'll stumble. If our walk with God is not right, we need to be careful in every little thing that we're being obedient to the Word of God. And then when these crisis times comes, we'll, we'll have a confidence in God that's it's not in ourselves. Because they would have been the first to admit that they, they could never do this. But there was a God in heaven. Something very refreshing about that, isn't there? That this kind of confidence in God can only come from a close walk with God. But so often we want to know how things are going to work out, don't we? Before we commit to things. Well, how is it going to work out at the end of the day? <laughs> that didn't come about here. They were prepared to stand. They were prepared to be obedient, whatever was going to happen. They trusted God. 
for the outcome at the end of the day. You know, if we're going on in the, in the Christian life, we need to have this confidence that the psalmist spoke of. He said, O Lord, my hope and confidence is placed in you alone. Because there will be, there will be difficult times. There will be times when, when needs need to be met. There will be times when, when difficult decisions have to be made. When challenges will be faced. When there's barriers that need to be broken down. We need to have that walk with God, that confidence in him. Otherwise, the Christian life will become a burden rather than a joy. There's joy in being obedient and standing firm to God's commands. As Daniel said, But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have, more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. We can do nothing without him. And it's not because any of us have anything special or anything about us. And Daniel knew that in himself, not because I have any wisdom, but it's because of what God is able to do. He gives the grace to do it. Here we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We do not need to answer you in this matter. They stood firm, even facing the burning, fiery furnace. They were as certain about their standing before God as Nebuchadnezzar was about his command. You just need to know one thing, O king. There will be no bowing down or there will be no worshipping your gods. I wonder if we're willing to stand. Stand for what we know and what is clear and comes to us from God's word. Are we willing to stand? And just thirdly, they stood secure. They stood out. They stood firm. And thirdly, they stood secure. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. And yes, they stood secure, but in another sense, they, they stood helpless. Helpless to save themselves. What hope did they have against the strongest men in Nebuchadnezzar's army who, who, who bound them up and they were cast into the burning, fiery furnace? There was no escape. The furnace heated seven times hotter than normal. Those men who took, who, who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to throw them into the furnace, they were killed because of the heat. These men, they were thrown, helpless in every sense of the word, into the furnace. Yet, in the will of God, they were in the safest place possible. Remember John MacDonald talking about his... Uh, Family who were serving the Lord out in, in Africa and they were working in, in, with, with a tribe that, well, life was dangerous out there. And I remember John saying, yes, there's danger. But yet in the will of God, they're in the safest place they could be. 
And these men were in the will of God. And the furnace even proved to be the safest place for them. Then, then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said, True, O king. But he says, I see four men unbound in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. See, their faithfulness didn't prevent trouble coming to them. They were prepared for that. They knew, they said, the God that we serve is able. But even if he does not, they were not saying that because they stand firm it will always be easy. But they were saying, we know our God is able. We will not bow down. They knew the, the only safe place for them to be was the place of obedience to God. Any other place is not a safe place. It's not, it's not a good place. It's not a place where, bring, where it brings us any confidence. Anything less for these men would be unthinkable. But to obey God. Here in, in Psalm 61 we read, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Are there not four men, the king said. What, what, a, what a glorious experience that was for these three Hebrew men. And the promise that, that God gives when we stand obediently to him, I will be with you always. Was, was it not worked out in such a miraculous, glorious, wonderful way? They talk about knowing the presence of God and we long for that. To know something more of his presence. And there are these men that are in the midst of the furnace. And the angel of the Lord is walking with them there in, in the heat. And he says, when you walk, and I say, when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. The flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you, fear not, for I am with you. Did they not know that? And surely that's what we miss out on, isn't it? When we're not walking with the Lord. That's what we miss out on, friends, today if we, we don't know the Lord. We don't know his presence. And when we face troubles and trials, we face them alone. But oh, is it not so much better to face whatever we're facing with the Lord, knowing the one who said, Fear not, for I am with you. And that's what the people in times of revival knew. And we've heard reports about it. His presence. All oh, the people talk that lived through the revival, they talk about his presence. No, it was just so beautiful, it was so lovely. And they talk about sitting in the presence of God and not wanting to move. Don't we long for that again? See, they could have been just like the rest. They could have gone with the flow. They could have gone with the crowd. And what, 
What kind of a witness would that have been? But look at what happened. Who was there? The satraps, the prefects, the governors, the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over their bodies. The bodies of those men, the hair of their heads was not singed, and the cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. What a wonderful witness. I wonder how many lives were touched that day by God's power. How many lives were cha- How many lives would have been changed if they had bowed down with the rest? But because they stood for what they knew was right. Because they stood firm, obedient to, to God's command. They knew and they experienced firsthand. Fear not, I am with you. And who was there to witness it? All these people they saw. You know, that's the kind of people God's looking for. It's people who are going to stand firm. People who are going to walk with the Lord in the light of his word. People that are not going to bow down to the things of the world. Living to please him. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we learn from these men who stood firm. They were men of prayer. When they were up against it, they prayed. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you in Acts 6.3 men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. And then it says, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Prayer and the ministry of the word. I wonder if we get the balance wrong. Lack of prayer. Learn from these men. They stood secure. They knew in an amazing, miraculous way the promise, I will be with you. That's what we can know when we're walking with him. Stand out trusting him. Stand firm obeying him. Stand secure in him. Lord, we do pray that you would help us to know something of what these men knew and the the confidence that they had the courage to stand and to know the wonderful promise worked out that the Lord was with them even in the furnace. And they came through unharmed and they were great witnesses for you. Oh Lord, help us. We've failed. We've failed to stand. We've failed to be obedient. We fail to be a people who who stand out, who, who stand firm. And so often we don't stand secure. We pray that you would help us just to live this life and to learn from you, from your word, and from your servants of old 
who show us such a great example of godly living. We, we pray that you would help us. Forgive us, Lord, for our failures. We want to do better. We can't do it of ourselves. Help us to, to know the grace of God that enables us to go on walking with you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.